Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. SEN Fridays in the top end, recording live here in Brinken with the guru, Robbie Hale. Robbie, as we said at the top of the show, an interesting start to the NTFL season so far. Every team has won at least one game, except the two teams that have had the bye, which is Palmerston and Tiwi. And then you've got at the other end of the spectrum, the Darwin Buffaloes as the standalone team on top of the ladder as the only team that are 2-0 right now. We did have a brief chat at the start of the show, but for those who have just tuned in, any surprises over the first two weeks? Has the NTFL gone as you expected, or has it kept you on your toes a little bit, Guru? Definitely kept me on my toes. Um, round one, I think I tipped one out of four, but generally I only would have probably tipped Nycliffe over Saints as well, and you know I did tip Saints in that one, but St Mary's sort of kicked themselves out of it a little bit as well, if I'm looking for an excuse. Last week I got three out of four, but obviously Waratahs um, let me down. Uh, so that's an interesting one. I don't think too many people would have tipped St Mary's last week. There would have no. been some, you know, that had the faith of how good St Mary's are. But on paper, it was very hard to tip Saints last week. And they got the job done, so credit to them. We're going to go through game by game. Let's start with the one at Norbuilt Oval. Southern Districts 12-9-81 defeated the Tiwi Bombers 10-10-70. It was the Bombers' first game of the season and their first game under the new coach, Paddy Bowden, the former Richmond and Western Bulldogs player. Look, I saw a lot of positive signs from the Tiwi Bombers. We need to give credit to the Crocs. They were the team that emerged victorious, and we'll talk about all their good players soon. But I thought that was the story out of the match, that Tiwi Bombers showed enough for me on these early stages that, you know, there's going to be some genuine improvement this year. I agree. Um, I think the Cantilla boys are going to be pretty important. I think Kim Cantilla might be one of the more important players in the comp. I agree. Um, I made the, sorry to cut you off, but I yeah. just while we're on Kim Cantilla, I made the comment that he is almost like the most underrated player in the competition. He would kick 40 or 50 goals if he was playing, you know, as that key forward, sorry, the second forward or whatever, small forward for St. Mary's or Waratah or something like that. He's a very, very good footballer. Sorry. Yep. Um, so, you know, well, they didn't have many high possession getters, but, you know, they moved the football pretty quick and they don't stuff around with it. It's pretty, um, they know what they're doing with the footy and Brendan Cantilla stepped straight into mm. that captain's role as well, kicking three and having 19 touches and it's an interesting one because for the view- listeners at home that aren't aware, you know, you have the fly-in stuff and, you know, if going off we haven't won, what, six, I think they've got six points out of the last three seasons. If you're Southern Districts a grand finalist, you'd be thinking, oh, I'm playing Tiwi, who didn't play last week, let's not bring any fly-ins mm. in. They brought in McQueen and Dennis, who were both in the best three, mm. flew in, um, and they win by 11 points. So it just shows sometimes, you know, you can overanalyze things. And, you know, so those guys were probably instrumental in helping districts win. It was an electric game. I don't know if they win without those two. No, exactly. I think an interesting one, Rob. Uh, Tiwi Bombers recorded 43 running bounces, and the rest of the eight teams combined over the course of the round combined recorded 25. So Jeez. they are at their running bounce best at the moment, the Tiwi Bombers. That was courtesy of Night Vision Analysis, who do the NTFL stats. But shows you that they are prepared. And it's not like it's a great surprise, but it shows you that the Bombers under Bowden are prepared to sort of go back to the fundamentals and play their style, that run and carry sort of run and gun style. Um, mm. and, and that's what's going to hold them in good stead this year, isn't it? Definitely is. And um, 
you know, and I think also there's probably some uh, some aspect of how do you put this of having the season before you know playing over the dry. Mm. I think some of their young players look like they come just come out of a season, so they look a lot more fresher. Um, or not fresher, but you know, match fit sort of. That's been the talk behind the scenes. Everyone hmm. at Bombers, um, in an official capacity, have said, "Hey, that's a positive move." At yeah. least one that. And and you don't have competing interests, so mm. you don't have you know club coaches at, on the islands asking players yeah. to play for them instead of playing for the Bombers. Um, the Bombers should be paramount. Um, so that's what's coming through. And some of those young kids are some new, like young names. I've got to get, get my head around because I am doing the uh, send commentary tomorrow. But there are some young kids that are coming through that I remember Patrick Bowden speaking about um, who we can have a look at. And obviously Waller played as well. Mm. So Yeah, 100%. There's some players I don't know much about. I don't know much about Thaddeus Pudjimi. I don't know much about Carlson Cantilla. They were the two that were named best and second best. So... Interesting to see those players develop. It would have been great. I know there's no use being negative about it, but it would have been great seeing uh, Dwayne Kirinua and Anthony Mankara spearheading Tiwi Bombers. Mm. They would be making the team a lot better as well. And Timmy Kirinua, can't forget him, playing good footy out of the back line for Tars at Premier League level. Yep. Matt Dennis, as you said, was excellent. 20 disposals, 26 hitouts, and had a competition-high eight clearances. I thought he was the best player on the ground. Jake McQueen was not far behind, in my opinion. And Bo Schwartz deserves a special shout-out. 24 disposals and three goals, following up from his 30-disposal effort in round one. We, were had a, we had a chat during the week, Rob, um, and Bo Schwartz was mentioned and, and what kind of football he's playing. So good to see a young district's local uh, step up and really turn into that, you know, potentially a top-line player in the NTFL. Yeah, definitely. Um, his numbers have surprised me. And obviously in round one, they didn't, I think they might have put him fourth best or something, but he did have the most disposals by about 10. Mm. So obviously not re-watching the game back and having a look at all those disposals. But he has put together two solid weeks and they're going to need him to fire again this week as well. 100%. Um, who they, yeah. Jed Anderson, 17 disposals, averaging the 18.5 disposals a game in his two games back at the NTFL level. Certainly not setting the world on fire at the moment, Jed. The club obviously are happy with his performances. I think they've named him best and third or fourth best. Um, you know, we know what you get with Jed. He's such a tough footballer that he's always going to provide that grunt work around the stoppage. Um, but he's not hes not absolutely dominating at the moment, Rob. No, he's not. Um, and it's sort of something you flag, though, sometimes when... Blokes are coming out of the AFL system, who they, who, no matter who they are, the NTFL is such a different competition. Oh, yeah. So, like, you don't know who's going to come out and just dominate NTFL. And it comes back to the scenario I've said, and I mentioned it to a few of the, like, you know, the Southerners I speak to. Like, um, I think that was that time when we had a when we had the Bendigo boys come. Um, and the least rated player that played mostly Magoos was the best player mm. up here, just because of his running cap- capacities. And he was an outside player, it wasn't tough. But he would get the footy on the outside and run and use his pace, and he, he adapted to territory football a lot better. So, yeah, it is an interesting one. Um, yeah, because he hasn't hit the numbers that you know that I'd expect. I wouldn't expect. be betting against him though. No. I think that he'll um, he'll step up and start playing some very good football at some point this year. Um, but yeah, it was a big investment. Let's not sugarcoat it. It was a big investment by the Crocs uh, getting Jed across to the club. So. Hopefully that pays off for them. Jake McQueen, I love watching him. We have mentioned him a couple of times already. What did he do in the off-season? I think he might have been at Southport. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah. Um, but he's one who sort of just gets better and better. He's played up in Darwin now, I think, the last two or three seasons. And, you know, one of those ones where the first 10 games, he was playing good footy, but it takes a long time for the rest of the competition to catch up and understand how good a player Jake McQueen is. Um, has played some really good footy in the Ovens and Murray, I think, too, in previous seasons. But looks like he is ready to go for another big year. 
Um, Anthony McDonald to Moody uh, made his NTFL return, finished with 12 disposals. His disposal efficiency was quite low. What did you make of his return? Yeah, I think Waller's, you know, just getting back into it. So I think he's going to, yeah, he's going to be better for the run. Um, did look like a little bit just getting used to the territory style and getting back to that more unstructured football. Um, but he did, I think I've watched, he did do, when I was watching the game, obviously we were preparing for our game after, but he did do a lot of little nice tap-ons and yeah. stuff like that where he got other made other players look good. He so. looked engaged in the game. Yeah. He didn't look like he was disinterested or anything. I thought he was, he was fine. Yeah, and I, and I think opposition, the issue that Waller's going to have is that opposition clubs aren't going to really put a bad defender on him very often. So he might get away with a couple of games where a team don't put work into him he's going to run right, but he's probably going to get one of the best small defenders on him every week, probably. Oh, definitely. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Mm. We will wrap it up. I think districts weren't fantastic on the weekend, but they had to get the job done and they did. So that's all Shannon Rusker can ask for. I think a big game this week, which we will digest soon, but a game against St Mary's, this will be the big one for the Crocs. If they can get that and put their season back at two wins, one loss, sort of all will be right after that 88-point loss in round one. Uh, we will move on. The next game of the round was a absolutely... Actually, you know what? The next game of the round was so good, Rob, that I want to give it some time and space to talk about it. So we're going to go to a quick break, and we'll see you on the other side here at SEN Fridays in the Top End. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the Top End recording live in Brinken. We were talking about last week's NTFL results and, well, definitely the match of the round. The most interesting result of the round was St Mary's defeating Waratah 14-10-94 to 13-13-91. Really interesting game, Robert. I was yep. preparing for my own game later, but I watched the first half on the live stream. And the first 10 minutes of the first quarter, I was watching Waratah like, gee whiz, this is going to be a very, very hard football team to stop. I was thinking another 10-goal win uh, last week, and then who knows, you know, talks about, gee, is anyone going to stop them? Are they going to go through undefeated? I think they were up by about 28 points really early in that game, or it was like 4-4, 28 to a one goal straight, something like that. Um, but yeah, they let it slip. They were 14 points up at half time, 15 points up at three quarter time. But the Saints found themselves when the all important final siren sounded. So, thoughts on that one? Yeah, my thoughts. I mean, this is all hindsight though, Clarky, which mm. we can admit is hindsight. But looking at the Tars side, they probably do have seven or eight blokes that probably aren't in their best, anywhere near their best side. Probably, um, I don't think that's a harsh an- analysis. Um, I'm not too sure about Saints. I know Saints probably have a similar number themselves. But it's very hard this time of the year, isn't it? Yeah, and, and it's just me with my knowledge of Waratahs. Um, obviously, been at the club two years ago, yeah. um, and knowing you know the list. So they do look like they had a few out, but that's still no that's no excuse. Um, you know, I did tip them. To, I thought that win by quite comfortably, ten goals. At the end of the day, they were in a winning position. Um, and didn't win. And yeah, and I spoke to people, and, and that's my opinion, but I spoke to a few people from different clubs that aren't connected to Waratahs as much as I've been, and they all thought that Waratahs would pounce them. Mm. Um, even some other people talking on the Sunday morning I ran into, like they were surprised with the results. So it is interesting, but I don't I don't think it's all doom and gloom for Waratahs, obviously. No, um, no I think it is. it could be used as a wake-up call for them a little bit, um, not to get ahead of themselves. And that did have a few undisciplined moments as well. Um, it, it's an interesting one with Waratahs and St. Mary's O'Clarkey because what happens with those two clubs? They hate each other mm. ever since the, the fly-in breach. Mm. So they hate each other. 
So whenever teams start sledging each other worse and starts going more physical, that other side will sort of win. Is that what That's what I reckon happens. It happens with them. So Interesting. The, the side that goes, you know, obviously there's a few incidents and there's a few all-ins and a little bit of wrestling and stuff. Mm. Um, and then once one side t- switches on to play football and the other you know, sort of goes for that trying to even back up, then that's when it changes a bit. And I think that's what sort of happened on the weekend as well. Yeah, it was a very fiery game. Um, Robbie, did you see a video during the week of a prominent St. Mary's player striking mm. another player? Yeah, I did see that. Um, mm. The umpires know about it. It was a, it was a chat. Um, I've spoken to a couple of different people around the, the place working out how... What can you tell us, mate? Uh, it's just an incident. I think if you look in the second quarter and watch pretty closely, you'll see something that might take you by surprise. And that's all I'll say. This bloke's been kind to us. He's been a guest on the show, so we're not going to throw him under the bus. But the uh, I reckon the MRP might have been out getting a coffee for 10 minutes in the second quarter when they were reviewing the game. I, I, I don't understand. How did it get missed, though? They're out getting a coffee, Rob. <laughs> I, I, I there don't are, know. There's also the other aspect with, these, with this stuff as well. I don't... It's, just, it's similar with, with um, you know, what happened with Shawnee Willow last year. Like Nycliffe was, was saying something about that Shawnee didn't get suspended. Uh, the, the, I think it was Bradley Stokes that got him. Yeah. But Nycliffe were pissed off about it not being um, reported. Yeah. But then you have measures where you can report the incident at the tribunal for them to look at on the Monday. Does it seem a little bit off? And we've spoken about it before where we're relying on clubs to snitch pretty much. Like, yeah, I don't. How does it get yeah. to the point where four or five different group chats are passing around this video? Mm. People from the umpires, people from the league itself, other coaches have all had this conversation. Well, did you see that incident on the weekend and how that didn't get cited? And yet everyone's sort of sitting on it. Oh, I wonder how that got off. Like it's just strange, don't you think? Yeah, it's not like it's secret. It's, it's not like like a lot of people know it. It's not like and and by the way, we're talking about it's it's like we've got the big secret. I'm not telling anyone here. Um, mm. There was an incident in the second quarter involving a St Mary's player on a Waratah player. It wasn't the most disgusting thing you'll ever see. It wasn't a crazy incident or anything like that. But mm. it was something that you would expect to get a week or two. You would you know judging on precedents that we've seen. And it's interesting also because I don't know if, if it was if it does it come back to a duty of care because I thought the Waratah player um, he, he did look down and half knocked out concussed mm. so he played on so is that an issue well there's, oh, there's, there's a few a million worms things to unpack, to unpack like, with the concussion stuff that we've all spoken about so it's an interesting one um, I don't understand how these decisions are made but obviously um, it's not massively transparent though is it like we no. don't hear a whole lot about the tribunal process and that so no, we don't. We, we've got pretty much um, a blindfold 100%. Uh, look, we're not going to spend a lot more time on that game. Uh, if you look at the best players for Waratah, you have Dylan Collis, Brody Carroll, Jaden Magro. I thought Magro was really good with four goals. Mancaro kicked two goal five. The reports out of this game was that he was quiet or he's back down to earth or anything like that. I don't know about that. Um, two goal five was still a decent outing. He just missed a few opportunities. I think he's going to be a very good player all year. Lucky Cassidy, don't sleep on him, Rob. Uh, two really, really good games in the first two rounds. I think he's a star in the Ballarat Football League. Um, and then look at Saints. They deserve their credit. We've spoken about Waratah being complacent or letting it slip, but ultimately the game was there to be won, and Saints, as they do time and time again, got the job done. So Dylan Lant was the main guy, 32 disposals, four goals, a clear best-on-ground performance. He led our top-end 10 list last yep. year. He won the Nichols medal. He won just about every other media award, um, and 31 possessions round one, 32 possessions round two. Um, he's getting like 25-plus kicks both games. It's very, very hard to knock knock him off the best player in the comp sort of mantle, isn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got a player in mind. For, but the, but the, that next week, though, SEN Top End 10 will be released as well. So we'll have that. But also, um, I'd like to see Brody Carroll go to Dill Lant next time they play. Yep. Um, they need to show some respect to him. Um, so I hope to see Brody Carroll go to him or maybe Eddie Morris at the stoppages. So let's put a watch on that, Clarky. Definitely. We uh, So well done to St. Mary's. A great win last weekend. Uh, and I expect Waratah to rebound pretty strongly. Yep. Plenty more to come here. We do have two more games that we need to review and then, of course, get into all the games from this weekend. Stay with us at SEN Fridays in the Top End. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. We have been, we as in Robbie the Guru, Hale and I, have been reviewing the NTFL action from last weekend. We do need to get through this weekend's big game, so we're not going to spend too much longer. Let's get to the Darwin Buffaloes, the team that are on top of the ladder at the moment. 12-17-89 defeated Wanderers 10-12-72. The Buffs certainly didn't get it their own way the whole game. It was a 35-point lead at halftime, but that was whittled down to about 8 or 9 points early in the last quarter. So they didn't refuse. They refused to give up Wanderers. Um, they showed plenty of good signs, but ultimately Buffs got the job done in the end. Robert? Yep. Uh, I think Aaron Motlop, I've seen on the Wanderers page, said something about giving up a four or five goal head start, which mm. is probably, which did cost them a bit because it done, did seem like they did come back with a wet sail. Um, so yeah, I think Wanderers, uh, I think Wanderers have been, you know, definitely improved a lot with those Southern recruits. Um, Wanderers are better than I thought they would be this year. Yeah, I think I can safely say that. Can I you? D- can we concede that? We can concede that, but I don't see how much upside they will have, maybe. Um, they do seem to have a lot of players that are here now. So I'm They just, were my spoon tip heading into the season. They're not now. Yep, they're my spoon tip as well, and they're not now, definitely. Who's um, yours now? Mine would have to be Palmy. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think Palmy. Um, I think Tiwi will go all right as well, so I think they'll be better. I'd be interested to watch Tiwi versus Wanderers. I can tell you that much, because I think Tiwi still have a few to come, but obviously not knowing Wanderers' list. Um, but, yeah, Jared Stokes is in really good form. Obviously, you're assistant coach of the club. You can tell us more on that. But good, good to get our son, uh, Matt Watkins, back in as well. And 100%. Look, Jared Stokes, obviously, best on ground again yep. uh, in his 200th game. I said at halftime, I said, hey, look, we're 35 points up. Let's just let the skipper enjoy his milestone game here. Let's not turn this into another game where the skipper saves us again and, and wins it off his own bat. And embarrassingly, it almost turned out that way. We needed mm. a goal badly in the last quarter. And guess who steps up? The skipper gets a free kick and then um, kicks a goal. So he's probably in my top five players that I've played with or against ever, um, or at least locally in the NTFL. Uh, just a star. He he carries... Like, we talk about leadership, and I was always a big one on Peter McFarlane being the greatest leader that I've ever played under. Um, just so many good qualities as a leader on the football field. He makes you stand taller. But, gee, Jared Stokes is closing in on him so quickly. He leads by example. He just puts the team on his back, wins clearances when he needs to, lays those big tackles when he has to, and finishes the important goals when he needs to. Um, that was no better exemplified than the 2017-18 grand final. He probably had, like, 25 touches, three goals in that one. Um, and if Buffs were going to win that game, it would have been all because of Jared as well, just about. So, reckon, an excellent footballer. Do you reckon Jared needs a flag to solidify him in that conversation? What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I don't want to make any, like, caveats and say, oh, he has to do this or he you know, needs to do this to be considered that. But yep. probably, you know, mm. we all know that the, the career with a flag um, looks so much better. I think if Jared can captain Buffaloes to a flag, he starts putting himself into that greatest Buffalo of all time category and that's a big call but 
like I, I've been at Buffaloes for seven years, and and taking nothing away from some of the great players who have won best and fairest um, in those that time, like Kevin Maroney and Chris Williams and these guys. But I reckon Jared Stokes could have won our best and fairest every single year that I've played at Buffaloes. I reckon he could there be was a, a few, seven or eight yeah. or nine. There was a few surprise results yeah. a couple of years, haven't there? Well, let's face it, Rob. Over the last seven years, have you ever watched Buffaloes play and not thought that Jared was the best or most dangerous player? Not, yeah. not, not saying in like individual games, but just in general, if you're preparing for Buffaloes, it's always all right. Well, how are we going to stop Jared? Or, yeah, you know, one, like one or two. Yeah, it was a couple, probably only a couple of seasons where he didn't look where he was at his fittest. But mm. this year he does look super fit as well. He looks rock hard fit. Looks very. Um, and even a, a football club from the Ovens and Murray hit me up and said, "Oh, mm. we're looking for a goal kicking forward." And they're like bringing up names. And I said, "No, well, you're better off going for Jared Stokes. You might as well start from the top and work yeah. your way down." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, "Yeah," and then, and brings a good offer to him. Don't, <laughs> get you the know, checkbook out, lads. Get your Don't checkbook out. Him. Yeah. And, he's, and he'll probably only fly in. So you have to, you know. And now straight away they're they're keen on the conversation. So, yep, that's yep. Uh, he's no, definitely I'd, the best midfield forward in the club. I'd, um, I'd definitely recommend him. So, good job there by Buffaloes. Congrats, obviously, to Jared Stokes, 200 games. Uh, Wanderers, really quickly, like we said, there's been positives there. Braden McLean's had a strong start to the season. He's coming off for runner-up finish in the best and fairest for Western Region Football League Club, Caroline Springs, I believe, this season. Uh, and Nathan Arben is one who we might have underrated in the past. 37 touches in round one. Had a closer look at him on the weekend, and he only had, I think, maybe 23 or 24 touches, but looked really good playing through the midfield for Wanderers. So he looks like he's going to have a good season. Trent Bergwin had his first game for the Darwin Buffaloes, finishing with 17 touches. I think the only dampener Rob was a knee injury to Aaron Stokes. So he is still very sore at the moment, awaiting scans. Um, and obviously, Nick Yaron joining the Darwin Buffaloes. We spoke about it last week. If you missed the show last week, that's probably the big signing uh, over the past fortnight. Nick Yaron, which is a two-time premiership player, has joined the Darwin Buffaloes. He was at training again last night, very vocal um, and ready to go, I think. So yep, that's a big good. inclusion, big inclusion. Yeah, definitely. If he can help that sort of vocal aspect, and he does do a lot of unrewarded stuff, so it's a massive inclusion for the Buffs. His grandfather, Robbie Cooper, a former star, and his old man, Nicky Senior, could also play and played some footy in the waffle as well. Yep. Uh, last game of the round was Pint and Nycliffe. Uh, Nycliffe were coming off a win against St Mary's, but weren't able to get the job done against Pints. 9-8-62 defeated Nycliffe, 6-6-42 out at Nycliffe Oval. I didn't catch much of this game, so we're sort of relying on best players and what we've heard around the traps. Ethan Penrith is in really good form for Pint, playing off that half-back line. Brad Ryan was in town and had a good game. Stephen Motlop, only the 12 disposals, I think, but they've named him third best, so they must have been happy with his output. Rory Taggart, a former Melbourne uh, listed player, kicked three goals. So, Interesting one there. Cam Eilert stood tall for Nycliffe, but Pints too good last week. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely did think that Pints were underrated a little bit. And I, I had Nycliffe tipped. I like to do my tips a week in advance as well, and then I went back and had a look and seen I had Nycliffe and had a look at the teams and spoke to a few people and changed it to Pints, and Pints got the job done. So, you know, it's probably... Well, I would have flipped a coin. I don't know which one I would have went with there, but you're right. Um, good tip, that one, Rob getting pints. Um, Liam Especially Holt at fits, Nycliffe as well. Yeah, Liam Holtfitz named in the best, so he's one that, um, not that they need to lift out of, but you know, you need Holtfitz playing good footy for, for this pints team to make an impact in March this year. Nycliffe, where do you see them? They had a win over St Mary's, which might be the best win in the comp. You know, Saints just beat Waratah, who everyone's talking about being a premiership favourite. So, obviously some very good players still that we're familiar with. Cameron Islet, Brody Philo, players of that calibre. Liam Buxton has been a new inclusion. He played in the Premiership at Banks last year mm. um, and has got a big reputation down south. So they do have some quality players on the list. Maybe a couple of question marks about the depth in the side um, and a couple of other little queries. But 
Nightcliff are going to be there about somewhere. Um, I they just, now sit one on one. What's your thoughts? Um, oh, yeah, I'll say this in the nicest way possible, but. You know, like I did apply for the job and then I didn't even get interviewed. So yep. I was like, all right, that's fair enough. Um, but then when I thought about it, I was like, maybe it's not that bad of a sort of job to miss out on because yeah. I think they've got an aging list um, and I didn't see much. I seen. I think it could. they probably needed a little bit of a rebuild. They haven't really gone in that way. So um, they have played a lot of kids in the Magoos, but that's what they've done previously. So well, I thought the jury was out a little bit about them being a top three side anyway. I think they were a well-established club to be a four to five side, but you sort of probably need to rip the band-aid off. And is it a sign of where they're at if Cami Eilert's probably their best player at the moment at 38? Uh, yeah, potentially. Look, I'm, but my I'm, body's sore now. I'm 33. <laughs> like, <laughs> Rob, we need to go to a break. I don't want to stop this conversation. We're going to wrap this uh, review up before we get into next week's game. We do need to go to a quick break. Stay with us here at SEN Fridays on the Top End.